Hi everybody, the Complex PTSD guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist, I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD, and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. So I want to talk about two things that are very specific, and they're both related to living with a narcissist, growing up with one, or being in a relationship with a narcissist. Um, These are things that I have experienced to a degree. One of them I've experienced, and I'm not exaggerating, I've probably experienced a thousand times in my life, if not more, Um, and that is the setup. The other thing that I can't say that I've experienced full throttle, but I've definitely experienced, and I have a different version of what it's called, um, and that's triangulation. So I don't think I've ever talked about triangulation on this podcast, but in a small way, I refer to triangulation as when a narcissist has a pawn, a person that they tend to vent to, or they tell certain things about you, so that way that person gets an impression of you. And the only way you're ever going to know that, I think, is by maybe someone's behavior. If someone looks at you and they sort of mean mug you, And you know that this person knows the narcissist in your life, but you don't really talk to this person. Um, It's it's just a, it's a toxic thing. And the only way you're going to know it is if they approach you and say something that the narcissist told them. And I've had this happen before, and I've actually told the person, that's not what happened. You know, like, um, or I didn't say that, or I didn't do that. Um, Because they've been painted a picture of you. So when you provide them with the truth they might actually see the narcissist for who they are. Um, And a lot of times, there's covert narcissists. And sometimes narcissists are so oblivious to how obvious they are. Um, People know they're a narcissist, but they don't know that everyone knows that. Um, So a lot of times, they're very very not aware that people realize that they're a narcissist. Um, But if, if you don't grow up with one... I think there's a big difference between the people in like a community who know someone's a narcissist and living with a narcissist. If you haven't lived with one or been in a relationship with one, you really, I have to say from my own experience, I'm, I'm guessing you probably really don't know just how um, toxic it is, I guess is the word. Um, because otherwise, I just think that more people would be coming to help you. Um, The only people who really stood out that really helped me was, again, my math teacher. When I was in high school, she she immediately knew something was wrong. And she's known something was wrong for years. Um, Even before she pointed out to me something was wrong. Because she's known this person most of her life since she was a teenager. Um, So going into the setup. The setup, in my experience, is when a narcissist... So let's say it's your parent. Let's just let's just throw that out there. Let's just say let's just say it's a, a father and son. And let's say the father and son are normally they normally get along. Um, you know, the, the father who's a narcissist might um, might whine a lot, or they might be grouchy or you know, whatever it is, whatever their personality type, I don't know. Um, and I'm more familiar not so much with the narcissist who is into their looks that's not what I'm talking about here I'm talking about someone 
who's very demanding about very specific things, particularly food, sleep, um, food. And I, I relate that to the grizzly bear concept. To me, I've known several narcissists who fit the personality of like a grizzly bear because if you mess with a grizzly bear's food, if you mess with their sleep, or if you mess with their cubs, grizzly bears will come for you. And grizzly bears just let you know what's up. You know, they don't lie. They're, it's an animal, right? So I always think of that as, as, I would say, the most typical types of real narcissists. They have those qualities. Very demanding about food. Um, very demanding about accommodations. So, you know, is this the way they want it? Is it the way they want it? And if it's not the way they want it, they blow up. Um, also, even though they're toxic to their own kids, they can be very protective. But a lot of times, it's almost like a false protection. And I don't quite know the word for that. But that's the same thing with a grizzly bear. If you mess with their cubs, they're very protective. Um, but at the same time, I don't, I, don't, I don't actually know how grizzly bears are with their cubs. I just know that they get angry if you come near them. Um, but it's the same kind of thing. It's, it, it just reminds me of that. It's very similar. Um, but with, in regards to the setup, the setup is when, um, and again, I'm just going to use a parent, when a parent has someone in their life that they are talking bad about you too. And so whenever you go around the parent or you go around that person, they've already got this picture they painted about you. So you're walking into a setup. You're walking into two people who are secretly almost plotting against you. And it can make you really paranoid. Um, the other thing is it can also be done with certain people within the family who the narcissist bonds with for very specific reasons. And when they do that, it's almost a false bond because they're really using that person. They're like, okay, this person will believe everything I'm going to say. Um, they're using them. And for whatever reason, you know, a certain person ends up becoming the casualty. And so whenever you walk into the setup, you're their, you're their casualty. Um, and in my opinion, the best way to deal with that is to realize the narcissist has a legitimate mental illness that they cannot control. They're, they're sick. There's something wrong with them. And if you look at it from that perspective, there's something wrong with you. You have a mental illness. Um, it gives a little bit of, I would say, almost compassion. But it also takes it off you and reminds you there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're the one who makes sense. They're the one who's crazy, right? Um, and so that's why a lot of times people just cut the narcissist off. Um, I'm someone who I have allowed that person back into my life for my own personal reasons. And I just have to be prepared. You literally have to be prepared when you're going to engage with these people. You have to almost have a checklist. Like, okay, there might be a setup. Um, they might blow up. Um, you know, this, 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 this. Kind of like walking on eggshells. And it's such a waste of time. It's such a huge waste of time and energy that... I don't blame people for just completely cutting certain people out of their lives, you know, and I'm all for it. You know, if that's what you have to do, do it. You know, don't stay around someone that hurts you. The other thing is triangulation. 
So triangulation, and I found two different definitions, and I almost it almost seems like there's not quite a clear definition of this. And I think that's because it can be very slippery because the narcissist involved in triangulation does different things. They aren't just doing one thing. Um, so triangulation is when, and I just Googled this, when the narcissist brings in a third person. And I'm going to refer to that not just as a person. It can be a whole party, like a whole part of a family. You know what I'm saying? Um, so when a narcissist brings in a third person into their relationship, and I'm not talking about a three-way. I'm talking about a person in their orbit, a person in their world. They bring a third person into their relationship in order to remain in control. So you might be thinking, well, what in the heck does that mean? Um, what does that have to do with remaining in control? A lot of times in triangulation, it'll end up being two people against one, very similar to the setup. So maybe I'm being triangulated. I have no idea. Maybe I'm a casualty of triangulation, and that's what the pawn is. The pawn is the third person. So this could be the same thing happening to me, and I just didn't know that that's what it was. It doesn't feel like that's necessarily what this is. To me, that's just a narcissist using this pawn or the flying monkey, whatever you want to call it. Um... Other aspect of triangulation, there will be limited or no communication between the two triangulated individuals except through the manipulator. So just like I said, so let's say the, the parent's friend is someone that the kid doesn't talk to. Only if that pawn approaches you and says something, that's how you're going to know it. But normally it's a situation where the, the narcissist has made sure you two don't communicate, right? The two triangulated people. So maybe I have been triangulated. I don't know. Um, to me, it just makes it more complicated to think of it that way. But it's nice to know that there's a word for it. So again, the there will be limited or no communication between the two triangulated individuals, except through the manipulator. Also, and I think this is most important, the narcissist does this in order to reassure themselves of their partner's affection and devotion as well as to ensure that they maintain control in their relationship. That's the most important part of all this. That's the root of it. That's why they're doing it. It's in order to reassure themselves of their partner's affection and devotion. And that's why I think it's different from a narcissist and a pawn. Because a narcissist in my life um, isn't needing my affection and devotion. Because that, that wouldn't make sense. Like, why would you... Why would you go and tell someone something bad about me and then kind of laugh about it in front of me? You know, unless you're thinking, let's see how long this idiot sticks around. That's the only way I can see that is reassuring themselves of their partner's affection and devotion. I think triangulation occurs more often in married relationships. And that's why it feels different to me because um, I'm not married. And so... It makes a lot more sense if a married person is doing it to their spouse and let's say turning the spouse's family into a combat zone. So like isolating your partner and making sure that your partner thinks that his family is horrible or, you know, making it look like you're the victim of your partner's family and making sure that your partner, let's just say a husband and wife, making sure your husband is going to stay devoted to you because you're the victim. Um, and so we got to make sure that um, he poo-poos his family too. But in order for this to be triangulation, they still have to be communicating with them. 
There will be limited or no communication between the two triangulated individuals except through the manipulator. So it makes you wonder if this was a narcissist, and let's just say it's a married couple, and she's and the woman is a narcissist, and she's doing this to her husband, um, and let's say it's like his family. What would who's the communicator there? You know, if if the person is saying that they're the victim, um, and he's poo-pooing his family, talking bad about him, or saying, you guys are horrible, blah, blah, blah. Is he the one communicating with them still? Or is she trying to be peacemaker um, for grandiose reasons in order to build a bridge so she can be in control, right? So it's almost like, you know, it's it's a little tricky to even think about. And let's, let's use it in a different way. So triangulation, let's say, again, it's a husband and wife. And let's say the husband's a narcissist, and let's say um, he has found a third person to somehow bring into the relationship, let's just say a neighbor, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just almost hard to even explain, so I'm just going to reread this, when they bring a third person into their relationship in order to remain in control. There will be limited or no communication between the two triangulated individuals except through the manipulator. So again, let's say a husband who is using a third person, a neighbor guy, in order to remain in control. Um, and they do this um, in order to reassure themselves of their partner's affection and devotion. So let's say he brings a neighbor guy over. And let's say this neighbor guy is kind of flirty. Or um, maybe, you know, let's say the husband is bringing the neighbor guy over to test to make sure his wife is loyal to him. So let's say the neighbor's really handsome very charismatic, uh, maybe a little flirty, but not actually flirty. He's just a very charming person. He's not technically flirting with people. Um, so let's say the husband brings him over in order to reassure himself that his wife is devoted to him and not, you know, not even looking at the neighbor. I, I guess that might be an example, um, but it's also a way to make, maintain control so if it's a way to maintain control, um, you know, maybe this is a guy that the wife really, really thinks highly of. So the husband intentionally brings him over in order to make sure his wife acts exactly how he wants her to. That's the only thing I can even think of. You know, why would a, a husband bring over someone who he thinks is competition um, if it would make him jealous? Unless it's just to test his wife's devotion. That's that's the only thing I come up with, but. Triangulation, um, I immediately thought of certain people when I thought of this, um, you know, people who, it reminds me of people who contradict themselves, narcissists who contradict themselves, they'll say one thing one day, one day the other, and it doesn't make sense, or they'll say, oh my gosh, they're so horrible to us, um, and, you know, then they, then they want to go talk to them, well, if they're so horrible to you, why would you want to go talk to them, um, Reminds me of that, but I think I'm rambling now. But that's basically what triangulation is. And there's probably better examples, but like I said, I just read to you what I found when I Googled it. And it's just using that third party. Again, it, it does feel somewhat similar to my own experience of the narcissist using the pawn to talk smack about me. And you walk into a setup. So maybe with triangulation... Like if this was a husband with a neighbor and the wife, um, he's constantly setting up his wife, I 
guess you could say. Or maybe, you know, maybe he maybe he also talks highly of the neighbor um, and really likes him and spends tons of time with him almost to make his wife jealous, you know. Um, that's something a narcissist would totally do. So I just wanted to kind of cover it a little bit. I don't like my podcast being too long, so I like to keep them short. So I'm going to go ahead and end this. But that's what the setup and triangulation are. And again, I'm much more experienced with the setup. So I might not have explained the triangulation as well as maybe some other people who have really lived it, who have been really played by a spouse. Because I've never been played by a spouse, so I don't really know. But this is the Complex PTSD guy signing off.